on September 7th, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, on Amud Aleph. If you count down in the widest lines, it's eight lines down, it's uh, toward the middle of the line, maybe a little bit after that. The Gemara is in the midst of talking about Bil'am, and while talking about the personality, it talks about what took place in the biblical lifetime of Bil'am. So the Pasuk says, that the Gemara cites here in the middle of the line, The Pasuk describes how the king of Moab, his name of course was Balak, uh, reaches out to Bil'am, he has this nervousness, he has this anxiety that Am Yisrael is going to come and attack. He wants Bil'am from Midian to curse the nation. The Pasuk says that in order to convince Bil'am, so the ministers, the Sarim of both Moab and Midian, together, uh, while holding their potions, their magical ways, uh, attempt to coax him, but they visit him together in tandem. Again, Moab and Midian. Says the Gemara Tana, we have a Beraita which teaches and points out the irony of the circumstance. Midian u Moab, lo hayalahim shalom me'olam. Says the Beraita, it's well known that Midian and Moab were never at peace with one another. Amazingly, they come together in this circumstance to contact Bil'am, to curse Am Yisrael. Explains the Beraita, Mashal, we can liken this to the following. To two dogs, which are watching over, they're the guards of some sort of flock of uh, cattle or something of that sort, and the dogs don't get along well with one another. However, Bazeev al Ha'ehad, a wolf, attacks one of the dogs. Amar Ha'ehad, the other dog, has a predicament. On the one hand, doesn't like its fellow dog uh, guards. I was going to say guardsmen, guard. Um, but, but on the other hand, it says to itself, Imeni Ozro Hayom. Horeg oto, uh, says the dog to itself, if I don't protect the other dog right now, so then it'll attack and kill that one today, and tomorrow the wolf will come after me. As a result, the two of them go together in order to, they team up in order to kill the ze'ev, the wolf, which means to say Moab and Midian come together because they see as an imminent threat Am Yisrael who's approaching. It might be that only Moab is feeling it, but Midian is willing to help, and the Sarim, the ministers of Midian, will accompany the Sarim of Moab in contacting Bil'am in order to curse Am Yisrael because Midian implicitly understands that if Am Yisrael is attacking, it's like the Ze'ev, or is approaching, it's like the Ze'ev which has gone after the enemy of one of the two Kilabim, we need to defend together. Amar of Papa, Hainu Damre Inche, says Rav Papa, this accords with the aphorism, that which people say, Karkushta Veshunra, Rashi says Karkushta is a Hulda, I think a Hulda is a weasel, a weasel and a cat, who don't get along one with one another, Avdu Hilula, they'll at times make a party, Mitarba Debish Gada, from the fats of a person or a being who has bad luck, which means to say in a circumstance where we see and perceive that we have a common enemy, even though we don't get along with one another, will sometimes come together. Uh, we certainly know this uh, in recent history, in Eris Israel, Medinat Israel, the Arab nations who oftentimes don't get along with one another, might hate 
each other and wage wars upon one another, even have civil wars internally, but when it comes to the common enemy and threat of Am Yisrael, they're best friends and they'll fight and wage war together. That's the statement here in the Gemara, it has a history. It's Moab and Midian that began all of that. Then the Pasuk says, so the Pasuk says, again, who approaches Bil'am, the Sarem Midian and Sarem Mo'av. And if you read the Pesukim, not even that carefully, but you just notice that the Sarem Midian seem to evaporate. They seem to disappear because the Pasuk then says that the Sarem Mo'av, the ministers of Mo'av, sit down together with Bil'am. What happened to the Sarem Midian? So I perha- I perhaps I would suppose that Peshat is the Midian ministers already know Mo- Bil'am. They don't need to have that conversation with them. Just showing their presence was sufficient. But the Gemara says, what happened to the Sarem Midian? Says the Gemara, Vasarem Midian, Hechana Azul, where the ministers of Midian go to. Answers the Gemara, they were a little bit um, uh, more God-fearing in this circumstance. Kevan de Amar Lehu, once Bil'am responded to both the ministers of Moab and Midian who approached him looking for the curse to Am Yisrael, what did Bil'am initially respond? Linu po halayla v'hashiboti etchem davar. He says, sleep here the night and I'll get back to you. In other words, we're going up against the God of Am Yisrael. I have to consult with him. Midian hearing that, think better of the situation. Amru, they said to one another, they said to themselves, yesh av shesonet beno. Is it possible that a Father, meaning Hakadosh Baruch Hu in this circumstance, will take out anger or hatred or will actually hate his children, his son, meaning Am Yisrael, so Midian, get off the scene, the Sareh Midian. And it's only the ministers of Moab who continue the conversation. Says the Gemara, well, kind of wondering, but wait a second, it did work. There was an attempted curse. I know ultimately speaking, the curse doesn't work, but they did, in some way or fashion, unfathomably, uh, convince God to let Bil'am go and fight. Amar Rav Nachman, reflecting and reacting to that reality, says Rav Nachman, chutzpah, when we deal with chutzpah, when a person has a certain brazen nature, and keep in mind, you couldn't find something more brazen than God says, lo don't go with them. But Bil'am says, Maybe there's a chance over here. Couldn't find a greater chutzpah. God told you, You should not be going. Bil'am says, But maybe I could. It's a almost blasphemous statement. The statement is that when a person has a certain brazen nature to them, it works even against the heavens, meaning even when you're going up against God. Now certainly not to be taken literally because even contextually it doesn't make sense. Ultimately speaking, Bil'am is not able to curse them. But it means, and we all know this from our own life, certainly with human beings, when you have that brazen-natured person who just doesn't stop, who against all odds loses any honor and won't give any honor to the person they're dealing with, it sometimes in a very, or oftentimes in a very ugly way, has a way of being effective. The Gemara is in no way suggesting you go about it, but it is saying it's reflected in this story. It says the Gemara, Me'ikara Ketiv, initially it says, and it's, it's portraying this chutzpah, lo telech imahem. Initially, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Bil'am immediately, don't go with them. Ul basof ketib, kum lechitam. Ultimately speaking, God concedes, quote unquote, and says, go with them, faddam. Amar of sheshat, Rav Sheshat reflecting further this dangerous and scary nature of chutzpah, chutzpah, malchuta bela tagahi. Chutzpah is like a king 
or a monarchy without the crown, meaning it's got the effect all the way up until the actual kingship who has the crown. Taj, of course, is a crown. And so the reference then is, uh, if you want to be effective in a dirty, wrongful way, it's with chutzpah, you can rise all the way up to the top, but not really over the top. He cites a pasuk. Now this pasuk is in the following very brief context, after Avner, Avner was the Sar Sava, was the head... Um, uh, army person of David HaMelech was killed by Yoav ben Seruya. So here's David's response, his reaction to this, this situation. The Anochi Hayom says David, Rachu Mashuach Melech, the Anashim Haile ben Seruya, Kashimimimeni. So the statement of David HaMelech is hey, you should see I am all diminished in my strength, but I am Mashuach Melech. I am, ultimately speaking, anointed as king. That's all I have over these. Siruya people, this Yoav ben Siruya, who had the brazenness, the chutzpah, to kill my head, uh, army, army uh, general, uh, that chutzpah rose up until, strength-wise, me, and the only thing I have over them is that I am the king. What's that? It means that a person who's lowly in terms of status and strength, when they act with a certain superiority, even when they don't have it, they can rise literally all the way up to the top if they're pushing the right people, but up until the top and not above. That's a certain reference, not only to the kingship of David HaMelech, but it's to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. A person can be effective in this world and it'll appear as if they're successful because of that chutzpah, but up until and not above. That's from Bilam. God says, don't go. He says, Bakurai. He says, don't go. He says, Bakurai. Okay, kum lechitam. Looks like he succeeded, but it's up until Belotaga. And he was somewhat successful. He does go. He had, makes a lot of money from it, but not really. Yeah. That's the statement of the Gemara. Amar Biohanan, Bil'am. Now the, the Gemara returns to talk about the personality, the character of Bil'am. Has a lot of, in my opinion, veiled messages. Bil'am, Higir Biraglo Ahataya. He was crippled in one leg, is the statement of Rabbi Yohanan. How does he know? Shineimar. As the Pasuk says in describing the walking of Bil'am, the Pasuk says, Vayelech Shefi. And Rashi, citing from the Gemara Masechet Hudin and elsewhere, suggests that that word Shefi, Shaf, means to be removed. It's as if one of his limbs was removed from the other, dislocated or just crippled in some respect. That's the description of Bil'am being somewhat crippled. What's the significance in the storyline, says Maharsha, and he nonetheless is walking from place to place to place to place in order to curse Am Yisrael, a person who's brazen, a person who's committed to a mission, be it evil as it was Bil'am, be it positive as we'll see in a moment with Shimshon, even when they're crippled, they'll rise above that disability. It's a, a sound so, from the beginning, yeah. Says the Gemara, Shimshon, Shimshon who was a positive person for us, who fought against the Pilishtim for us. Bishteraglav, he was crippled in both of his legs. Shene'emar, Shififon Aleora, Hanoshech Ikevesus. That's a pasuk um, that describes the Beracha, the prediction for 
Shevet Dan. That's in Parashat Vayechi. These are the words of Yaakov. And he predicts for Dan, the Gemara Masechet Sotan, Davtet says, it's a prediction not only about the tribe of Dan, but specifically about Shimshon, who comes from Dan. And, spe- and most particular for us is that he describes him, them as, or him as, Shififon. It's a double Shefi. Shefi, we said, meant removed. It was crippled. We saw Shefi crippled in one leg for Bil'am. Shififon, which is a veiled reference, a prophecy about Shimshon, it's a double. And nonetheless, Shimshon was a warrior. Nonetheless, Shimshon had a way of fighting for the right causes. Again, says Maharshad, this is a real lesson with regards to resolve, with regards to uh, courage, with regards to commitment, above any of the physical inhibitants that we might have. Says the Gemara onward, Bil'am sumeh haya. Bil'am was not only crippled in one leg, he was also blinded in one eye. Shine'imah shetum ha'ayin. That's a fascinating thing. The Pasuk says, Shetum Ha'ayin. Rashi over here, this Mahlok, the Mefarshim, how to understand those words, Shetum Ha'ayin. But the general understanding is, Shetum means like Gelui. It means opened, which means to say, as the Pasuk says, he had an open eye. It means one of his eyes was open and the other one was not, meaning he was blinded in one eye. What's the significance in the storyline and the message with regards to Bil'am? I wonder if it points to a point that I make, I hope everyone makes every year, Parashat Balak. Look at Bil'am, he describes himself throughout as the one who can see. The whole parasha is about sight. He's looking at Am Yisrael, he's beholding what's taking place and so on and so forth. And yet, Bil'am can't see something that his own donkey can. And yet, Bil'am is trying to defeat God for all intents and purposes. So for the all-seeing individual, for the person who can see it all, He's actually somewhat blinded. He can look, he can see, but he doesn't actually understand it. That's to be blinded in a metaphorical sense in one eye. I can see it. You have a certain perception. You're able to get it, but you don't actually get it. That's the Bil'am who is blinded in one eye. So continues the Gemara. Kosim ba'amatohaya. He was a sorcerer with his private part. Rashi points us back to the Gemara and Dafsameche. The Gemara over there talked about ma'ale bezichuro. Talked about a person who brings the dead person back into existence with their private part suggests the Gemara <coughs> that was our Bil'am. Ketiv hacha, how do you know that? On the one hand, the Pasuk says, Nofel uglui enaim, uchtiv hatam, and the Pasuk says alternatively, by Haman, vine Haman nofel al hamita. The same way when Haman fell onto that bed with a stair in the room and a hashverosh outside, a hashverosh enters in and says, Hagam nechvoshet hamalka'i mi babayit, you're looking to overtake sexually with relations, my wife. Esther with me still in the home, which means to say the Lashon of Nofel in some context is a reference to Tashmi Shamita. So that's in, in, as a result the Gemara's understanding Nofel Uglui Enaim with regards to Bil'am was some sort of sexual notion. How so? It means he was sorcerer, he was committing sorcery with his private part. Says the Gemara Itmar, the statement, Morzutra Amar Kosemba Matohaya, Morzutra had the statement about Bil'am, that's how he would uh, commit his sorcery. Mor Alternatively, the vision of, and we saw this earlier in the Gemara yesterday, he had relations with his donkey. The derasha for suggesting that he did his sorcery with his private part, it's as we said, it's with the similar wording of nofel, by Haman and by Bil'am. What about if he's suggesting that he had relations with his donkey? Uchtiv hatam ben ragleha kara nafal shachav. 
Uh, so the Gemara has some sort of, again, linking of Pesukim. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, Kara Shachav. We'll talk about the difficulty of that, uh, which Bil'am said in a moment. And the Pasuk says, Bayael and Sisra in Sefeshofitim, where she has relations with him and ultimately kills him. Similar wording, Kara Nafal Shachav. The difficulty of this linking up of these Pesukim is the Pasuk that Kara Shachav is not a description of Bil'am, it's rather Bil'am's words that describes Am Yisrael. So you're saying Bil'am slept with his donkey. How do you know? Similar wording to Ya'il and Sisra, but it's not the words that describe Bil'am. It's the words that describe Bil'am describing Am Yisrael. It's for that reason, if you look, there's a little Aleph next to it. It leads you to Hagahot Hagera. That's Gaon Mivilna on the right-hand side. He says, Bet Tebot Karashachav. Excuse me, Nimhak Bet Tebot Karashachav. He says, you should erase those two letters. And instead it should say, Nofel. The derasha is not from the words Karashachav. It's from the Pasuk we were referencing earlier that he was nofelu gluyenayim and the fact that he's using the Torah uses that word nofel we have that word by Ya'il and Sisra that's how we're linking it up alternatively Rashash in the back of the Gemara suggests why was he using these words kara shachav why didn't he say something like just shachav what's with the kara that interesting wording of Bil'am already portrays to us what type of personality he was. He's the type of person who thinks along those lines. He's involved with relations with the wrong situations. All right, so continues the Gemara. V'yodea da'at elyon, a very well-known midrash over here, better known from the beginning of Masechet Berachot, beginning of Masechet Avodah Zarah as well, Davzayin and Davdal. It says the Gemara, V'yodea da'at elyon, the Pasuk describes, self-describes Bil'am, he describes himself as knowing or having the knowledge of heavens. Says the Gemara, one second. This is Bil'am, he had knowledge of the heavens. Hashata da'at behimto, lahavayada da'at elyon havayada. He didn't have knowledge of his animal of his donkey, and the Gemara will portray that in a second, but he understood the knowledge of God? Are you kidding me? He, he didn't understand the lowest uh, life to a certain extent, and he understood the most supernal, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I was about, well, before we deal with that, uh, what do you mean he didn't have knowledge of his animal, because his animal saw and he didn't see? Doesn't mean he didn't have knowledge of his animal. So the Gemara tells a brief story, what does it mean that he didn't understand his animal? De amrele, uh, the minister of Moab and, and Midian say to why is it that you don't ride on a horse? A horse would be faster, you'd get around quicker. Amar lehu, he responded apparently, Shaddai lehu beretiva, I placed it by the retiva, by the moist grass. I sent my horse, I have a horse, but I sent it to go uh, graze by uh, grass. I'm busy with my aton, with my donkey right now. Amrale, the donkey speaks up, and these we have in the Pasuk, we're just now understanding context of the Hachamim. Hello, Anuchi Atonecha, I am your donkey. What are you talking about? You sent the horse. I'm the one that you answered Bil'am in this circumstance. As he hears his donkey, it's an amazing thing. In the eyes of the Hachamim, the donkey spoke to him. In this context, not only, well, it's the same situation, but it's in this specific, they're painting extra details. And so it responds, Bilam, Lite'ina be'alma. Really, I, you're right, you are my donkey. I have used you, but I've used you just for carrying loads and burdens. I didn't actually ride on you. I usually ride on my horse. It's more dignified, it's quicker. The next words of the Aton are, I'm your Aton, whom you, upon which you rode. So you do ride on me. I cry be'alma, said Bil'am in response. Oh, it's just once in a while, it's not consistent. Responds the Aton from the time that you're alive until today. Every time you've been traveling, you always travel on me. 
Velo od, and furthermore, I have relations with you at night. The Pasuk says, The Pasuk uses the word for sleeping close and having, having close relations. And the Pasuk in our context as well, is the words of the Aton. So these are the words of the Aton to Bil'am. The point for us in the Gemara is, he didn't know how to respond to his donkey. He didn't understand the situation with his donkey, but he understands God. Rather, back to our issue, how could he have the audacity? I know he had chutzpah, but is he such a liar, Bilam, to say about himself he understands God? He instead, says the Gemara, suggests the Gemara, what Bilam had was the ability to determine and to decipher the exact moment at which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has anger. Now God doesn't get angry like you and I get angry, but there are certain midot, certain attributes with which he governs the world. We're familiar with rahamim, with a certain merciful attribute, with deen, with a strict letter of the law uh, um, involvement with the world. So as a result, the Gemara's suggestion over here and elsewhere is there's a split, almost split second at which point that's when in existence, as God governs it, any calamities that will befall human beings is really determined. How long is that moment? Well, the Gemara will say it's a rega. Rega sounds like a full minute. The Gemara Masech Berachot says it's the amount of time it takes to say rega. That's it. It's less than as I know. You're envisioning God in terms of that destructive nature is really, really short. Tosafot, as a matter of fact, elsewhere asks. So then, what would Bilam have said, and what did he say in that split second? Answers Tosafot: Kalim, just curse them, destroy them. And uh, says Tosafot, and God kind of unscrambled it. Utruat melech bo. So instead of kalem, it's melech. But for our purposes, says the Gemara, that's the da'at elyon. Bilam had the ability to determine that split second. So he'd say, no, that doesn't make any sense. You're manipulating God. It's not manipulating God. It's determining within existence the appropriate time to tap into a reality. I'm tapping into an existential reality at a particular moment. I think, I mean, it's, it's hard to fully wrap your head around it, but we could, I think, to a certain extent appreciate it. It says the Gemara, it's that which the Navi says and it describes to Am Yisrael in Sefer Micha. Ami, zechorna maya'at balak melech mo'av, uma'ana oto bil'am ben be'or, minashitim v'ada gilga, lema'an da'at sitkot Adonai. Remember the story of balak and bil'am and then you'll understand the sedek, the justice, the righteousness of God. Justice and righteousness of God? I mean, I know, we have Chesed, we have Rahamim of God. What's the justice? You should understand how much justice and righteousness and how much I stretched myself for you, Am Yisrael, says the Navi Micha. The way we overcame Bil'am, who had that ability to tap into existence, who would have gotten, quote, unquote, you guys, who would have tapped into the moment of wrath, I made certain that in all those days, I didn't have that moment of wrath. I shifted the existence as it could be. Had I had any moment of anger in any of those days, Am Yisrael would not have any remnant because Bil'am had that ability of tapping into the moments of vulnerability for the nation and finding their flaws and taking it out on them. That's what it means when Bil'am said to Balak, 
Ma is om lo za'am il il zo'im Okay, so that's what it means when Bil'am turned to Balak and he says to him, you want me to curse them, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu hasn't had a moment of anger. I haven't been able to tap in to that reality. Says the Gemara, that's the Pasuk as well, that says, il zo'im bechol yom. The Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has anger every day. How long is that anger? Rega, that's what I told you. It's a single moment or a split second. Ki rega be'apo hayim The Pasuk says, Rega be'apo af, we associate with anger. Bahara af Adonai. Rega et rega ibayit emai. Alternatively from this Pasuk, Lech ami ba be'hadrecha skordelatecha ba'atcha hadikim at rega ad ya'avor za'am. The Pasuk says, wait, rega until the wrath, until the anger, the fury um, passes. Okay, the Gemara will continue. Let's just read a little bit of it, one line of it. Emat Ratah will begin to think about this. At what point does? All right, we know Bil'am was able to determine it. At what juncture is it that God, in some respect, allows for the capability to tap into a deen of sorts, to tap into the ability to be zo'im, take out that which is deservant upon those who, who have done wrong? Says the Gemara, bitlat sha'e kamaita, in the first three hours of daytime, ki havra karbalta de tarnegola, it's at the time that the crest of the rooster turns white. What does the rooster and the crest and whiteness have anything to do with this? What's the first three hours? We'll return to that yesterday. I'll just leave you with the following beginning. We are aware, I think, that we say these Berkot HaShachar every morning in which we mention, We associate the ability to distinguish and determine the difference between one and the other to the Sechvi, to the Tarnigolet. It's the rooster's crowing, which determines daytime versus nighttime. It's, as a result, some sort of sign as well with regards to existence itself, with regards to the nature of the character of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's involvement in the world. We'll have to deal with some of the other details tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen